This is Sunday Morning Magazine with your host, Rodney Lear. And welcome back to Sunday Morning Magazine. Remember, you can listen to the show anytime you like. Just go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine. You can also find out about our guest or anything or any information about the show by going to our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Head there now and like us there now. In the studio with me this morning, we're joined by John Cummings. John is with Mental Health Recovery Services. It's our pleasure to welcome John back to the show. Good morning, John. How are you? I'm great, Rodney. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Now, remind our listeners, tell us about Mental Health Recovery Services and what you guys do. Well, we are the board of Mental Health and Addiction Services serving Warren and Clinton counties. Similar to lots of boards across the state, there are 51 of us, and we're responsible for planning, funding, monitoring, and evaluating the public health or public mental health system and addiction system uh, that we serve in our two-county area. All right, good. So you're here this morning to talk about teen suicide prevention, and September is Teen Suicide Prevention Month. Is that right? It's an overall suicide prevention month. We have focused on men early on, and now we're focusing on teens. Absolutely. So let's talk about teens. You brought it up. Let's talk about what do we know about the prevalence of teen suicide here in this area or in general? What do we know? Well, in in general, uh, we know that there are about 12 suicides a day across this country. That's a lot. You know, even Mm -hmm. one suicide is is too many. Mm -hmm. And that makes it the third, some say the second largest cause of death among kids 10 to 19 years old. So what we want to do in this time is really draw attention to what people can look to as warning signs and then things that they can do to help not only prevent things, but if they start seeing signs of that happening, help direct people to where they can find help. Okay. And we'll most definitely talk about that this morning. You mentioned something you talked about men and Mm -hmm. men are at a higher risk. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Suicide. Explain why. Men tend to be a little higher, uh, typically because of different family situations that happen in life. Uh, That comes with job loss, divorce, changes in family situation, family dynamics, um, loss of homes. Lots of things happen uh, that can affect men's life. Women have a greater propensity of trying suicide. So what we want to do is focus energies on helping people start to notice when things become more of a problem that they really need to seek help. So, John, let's talk about myths about suicide, some things that people believe about suicide that aren't really true. Let's talk about those myths. Well, one of the biggest myths is that if you talk about it, it's going to make it happen. And that's really not the case. So that's to say if you're a parent and you have a son or daughter and you go to talk to them about suicide, Mm -hmm. that's not going to put the suicide, quote unquote, bug in their head. No, because in that particular case, it's probably already there. Okay. Number one, they're probably already thinking about, well, life is probably going to be better for you without me around or um, you know, things will be better for my friends or, or it's something like that if I'm not here. They're already contemplating those things. So if you talk about it, it's really not going to you know, plant a new thought in their mind. They've already probably started formulating a plan. And what are some of the other myths? Um, I would say, you know, people thinking it's a plea for attention. You know, it's really not that. People are actually reaching out when they start talking about things like life will be better without me or here's a 
favorite possession I have. I think you deserve it more than I do. When you start hearing those kinds of things, it's not really a plea. It's more of a a cry for help, essentially. It's not attention getting. It's somebody seeking some way of moving past what they're doing or what they're thinking about. Mm. Um, Maybe a couple of other thoughts uh, that might be myths for people. Um, that people are weak or immoral if they start thinking about suicide. That's really not the case. They start, you know, thinking about this just simply because things have gotten so heavy in life that they really see no way out. And that's not a weakness. You know, they, they want, actually want to find the help in many cases. And also, you know, that people are, are predisposed, I guess is the word I was looking for, that it's inherited. Um, mm-hmm. You know those tendencies are inherited. They're really not. You know, it's there's a lot of factors that go into it. Sometimes the family history does play a role, but also society plays a role. You know, the thing, the way things are going in school, or the way that things are going for work, and that sort of thing. And in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. More information on teen suicide can be found on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. You can head there now and like us there now. This morning, we're speaking to John Cummings. He is with Mental Health Recovery Services right here in this area. Now, let's talk about some potential causes. What do we know about some of the things that cause teens and young people to think about, to contemplate suicide? Well, we know depression is one of the biggest causes. Everybody goes through depression in one form or another in life. Mm-hmm. You know, it can last a couple of days and it's uh, or a couple of weeks sometimes. It just depends on the significance of the issue that's causing it. Breakups, um, a bad test grade, um, a variety of things at home. A brother or sister is doing better somewhere else, you know, or getting a little more attention maybe sometimes. We all get depressed in, in one way or another. It's it's how long that lasts that really becomes a determining factor for people and whether or not that becomes a clinical issue that, that uh, deserves some help. Um, other thoughts you know, that happen are family issues, people divorcing, parents divorcing, um, violence in the home is a big one for a lot of people, um, and feeling worthless. Now, I know I've known people in my lifetime, you know, I remember back in high school, you know, lots of kids that I knew who, you know, got a bad test grade and felt, well, this isn't going to, you know, help me get into the great college I want to go to or mm-hmm. something like that. And they feel worthless if they can't do that. Um, and trying to help people move beyond those things. Um, sometimes when they know people who've died by suicide, too, that can lead them to think, well, maybe that's a better route for me if uh, things aren't looking better. So um, lots of things externally and internally can combine to make people start to think that. Okay. Um, let's talk about this. You touched on this, um, John, but let's talk more about warning signs. What should we look for in young people and teens that might indicate that they're suicidal? Well, certainly if they start to talk about having a plan or they seem like they're, they've been depressed for a long period and then suddenly feel really great because that can be an indicator sometimes that they have a plan formulated and ready to go. Um, if there's excessive worry in their lives, if they start to uh, say, well, I'm worried about this person or, or this event coming up, um, sometimes anxiety plays a role. You start seeing withdrawal from friends and family, things that they always took part in, like choir or theater or sports or anything like that. If they start to change how they participate with you, that can be a warning sign as well. Um, and anything that 
if they start giving away possessions, anything that they've loved, you know, and held really dear, and they start to say, well, I think you should have this, you know, you'll be able to use this more than I will be able to use that. You start having um, those red flags go up when you start hearing those things, and you, you hope to start talking to them about what the issue is that's bothering them and leading them in this direction. Okay, and these warning signs, they're scary because I guess the average person may not be able to pick up on some of these things, Mm -hmm. which is really scary. Yeah, sometimes they are pretty subtle, you know, but that gets to the point of knowing your friends really well and knowing people really well. You know, you've spent time with them. You've gotten to know them from, you know, first or first grade or kindergarten or something like that, perhaps. And you just really know somebody well enough to see the subtle changes in their in their lives. That's a really important cue that you should pick up on. Okay, so John, let's talk about prevention. Um, What do we know about prevention and what works? Well, we know talking to people is really a key thing. You don't want to let something just lie there because the more it festers, the more people start thinking about it, the more, I guess, sure of themselves they will be that this is really the right answer. It, Like we said earlier, it really doesn't matter to ask the question, are you thinking about harming yourself or are you thinking of taking your life? That's not going to plant a new idea in their head. It will get them talking about it and start moving in the direction of helping people understand that maybe that's not quite the right answer here for me. Um, you know, there's there's lots of techniques that people can learn. There's one uh, we've been part of a big push throughout September called um, Stand Up to Suicide. And that's an effort to train as many people as possible in the technique QPR, Question, Persuade, Refer. And that gets people talking about um, what's happening in their lives, what's leading them to think about suicide, and then moving them into a a direction of um, getting away from the crisis and then referring them more to the help that they need by maybe calling the crisis hotline, something like that. And let me just say this. I think this would be terrifying, I guess, for a teenager who, you know, you have a friend and then they admit to you they're you know they feel open enough and comfortable enough for you to open up to you to talk to you about this and as a team you may not have the right words you mm-hmm. may not know what to say or how to react right so that has to that has to be a big issue it can be traumatizing in a lot yes, of ways yes, it sure yes, can yes. um and that's really when it's important to turn to somebody you trust you know is there a trusted adult in your life a teacher um, you know, a minister in your life or, you know, a, a, another adult, another friend's parent, for example, somewhere a coach, too, is a great uh, person to turn to if you trust them. Um, you don't necessarily have to give all the details, but you can say, I'm having trouble reaching this friend of mine who I think is thinking about suicide. What do I do? You know, and they can help bring some resources together. Our crisis hotline will also be a great resource. If you're having questions about how to reach somebody that you think is thinking about suicide, give it a call. Or if there's one in your area, in in your county, if you're not in our counties, there's certainly lots of crisis hotlines out there to uh, to refer to. Okay. Now, I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about this. You know, in the teen population, social media and mm-hmm. bullying are a huge factors. And Absolutely. we talked about that on the show before, but I want to talk yeah. more about that because I think that's an important issue to address when you're talking about teens and suicide. That's right. You know, people look at uh, Facebook and Twitter and you know Instagram and, you know, whatever other social platform they're using these days and, and they'll get, you know, bullied 
in various forms. It's it's not unlike what we used to experience without social media back in the day. You know, mm-hmm. when we would just run into people and or people would just you know slyly run into us or punch you know or things like that. It's a verbal punch. It's a another gut punch, if you will, you know, to drive that bullying feeling along. And so you want to make sure that you're using the right words. You know, when you come across that, try to put it out of your mind. Try to let it go if you can. But if you can't, find somebody you can talk to about it. Make sure that people understand how you feel about the way that somebody's treated you on social media. And hopefully that will drive people to have that conversation a little longer, start understanding people, start understanding their thought processes and why they're moving toward a thought of suicide, you know, hopefully that conversation will move them away from that as well. And I know a lot of local school districts are working really hard in terms of bullying. So hopefully everything together will help. That's right. That's right. Everybody should come together, you know, and we want people to come together to start learning the warning signs, start seeing the the subtle changes in people's lives that might indicate a plan is formulating for suicide, and then step in and help them you know, see their worth. Okay. And if our listeners, if they would like to reach out to you guys at Mental Health Recovery Services, in terms of teen suicide prevention, I'm sure you have programs, I'm sure you have services and things you can refer, right? That's right. We have agencies that we contract with to deliver services there. We have our crisis hotline, which you can dial at any time, 24-7. That's 877-695-NEED. That's 695-6333. Or you can use the crisis text line. That'll connect you right away to somebody who's trained ready to listen to you uh, via text. Text the number for hope number and the word for hope to 741-741, and that'll get you connected. All right. Well, we're out of time this morning. Thank you so much, John, for taking time to talk to us. Good to see you again. And thanks for all the work that you're doing over there at Mental Health Recovery Services. We appreciate your support. Thank you. We've been speaking to John Cummings with Mental Health Recovery Services. Remember, more information about the show can be found on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Well, that's it for this edition of the show. I'm Rodney Lear. Until next week, be encouraged. Listen to Sunday Morning Magazine no matter what day it is. Use your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear today. This month, KYW News Radio and Deborah Heart and Lung Center discuss peripheral artery disease or PAD. Learn the signs and symptoms of PAD and the non-invasive diagnostic tools and interventions available. Here's Rasa K. The impaired blood flow that causes PAD can create medical mysteries until properly diagnosed. Interventional cardiologist Dr. Richard Kovach says if the artery blockage is very high on the vascular tree where the main artery branches off to the legs, it can cause pain in the backside and hip not just the calves. Not infrequently, we'll see patients who suspect that they've had arthritis for years and years and even have had multiple injections in their hips, steroid injections and things like that, who once we discover a blockage high up like that, open up that blockage, get normal blood supply to their hips, suddenly their arthritis goes away and they no longer have any hip or buttocks pain. Learn more at DeborahHealthReport.com. New Jersey's only heart, lung and vascular specialty hospital. Deborah Heart and Lung Center. When it's your heart, demand Deborah. As fall fills up with activities and obligations, even a small time saver can feel like a big help. Grammarly is an all-in-one writing tool that makes clear, concise communication easier than ever, so you can finish your work earlier and head off to family dinners, social events, and fall weddings. 
Grammarly is free to download and works where you do, so every project gets finished quicker. Make sure your writing is free of mistakes with Grammarly's free, comprehensive writing suggestions and get an instant take on how your message comes across with the free tone detector. Let Grammarly Premium's sentence clarity rewrites help you find the perfect words on the first try. You'll be confident writing client emails, deadline-driven reports, and presentations without staying late at the office. Get more time back in your day by writing with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcasts to sign up for a free account. Then get 20% off when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium. That's Grammarly.com slash podcasts.